Hi, my name is Susan. I've been arrested 32 times just for listening to people talk with each other. The problem was I used to hide in the bushes outside the windows of people's homes to enjoy listening to strangers talk to each other. It's just something I like to do. I get bored and lonely sometimes, you know. Hey, Susan, don't do all that. There's another way to enjoy random conversations? Now, thanks to the podcast show, I can enjoy listening to conversations with strangers and learn something new every week. No more listening outside the window just to enjoy a good conversation. Tune in weekly on Wednesdays and subscribe for updates on your favorite platform to the Toddcast show and help our podcast family continue to grow and share around the world. and welcome to the fifth episode of the Todd Cash Show. My name is Todd Mirau, your host, and I'm so excited to set out on this podcast journey with all of you. You can catch new episodes on Wednesday morning at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern, and for playback anytime you like on your computer or smart device via our website at toddcastshow.com. We're still adding the show to directories, and soon you'll be able to tune in via your favorite podcast listening platform like iTunes, Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Deezer, and others. So be sure to stay tuned for updates. Now let's get on with the show. Today, uh, we have a guest. Her name is Anita. Anita, how are you today? I'm good. Awesome. And what part of the country are you in, Anita? I live in Phoenix. Oh, yeah? It's hot down there. Very hot Phoenix. Mm. And now it's getting humid because it's getting into August. Monsoon season, they call it, right? We've we've had already this last week several um, dust storms and rainstorms, thunderstorms. They were beautiful. Wow. I bet they're a lot of fun to watch. I know up here in the mountains. I'm up in the mountains from you in Arizona, so it's a little different up here, but I'll bet it's really pretty down there. Well, it's like a holiday. I mean, it's like, you know, never rains in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> so but, it's, it's everybody comes to the door and has to look out, and it's like, wow. <laughs> but when that happens, it causes havoc on the freeways and roads it everywhere, absolutely right? absolutely does because there's no, you know, there's trouble with the drainage system when they built things because the rain is so seldom. And it'll, you know, when you go up underneath an underpass, Mm -hmm. an overpass, when you go underneath an an overpass into an underpass, it can be flooded. Mm -hmm. Well, you know what made me think of that? I just saw it on the news the other day, because I know you guys have been getting hit with storms down there. We We get the leftovers from that, but we haven't had much action this season, really kind of a bummer. I like storms. I think they're really fun. Actually. Oh, I do too. <laughs> Have you always lived in Arizona? Um, my family moved here in 1960. Really? Yes. Wow. That's amazing. How did uh, so, that happen? Where'd you come from? Um, my dad was in seminary, the New Orleans Baptist Seminary getting his degree in theology and when he got through with that we got he thought that God was calling him to Arizona and he decided to move to Arizona with four children no job waiting no church waiting no house waiting Um, Wow six people stayed with a friend of ours from back south Um, I don't know how long until we got a house they were able to rent a house and then um, my dad I remember having five jobs at a time and we all started working after school and on the weekends I was 10 years old and I would come home from school and stuff envelopes really yep 
In this town? In, in, in Phoenix? Uh-huh. Wow. Tell me more. I had, there were four of us, so everyone had their own job, like the, like the youngest just was the stamp. Wow, that's amazing. So you guys worked as a team in your family to on make, a, make it work. On a picnic table in the living room. Hmm. What was and that like? Well... What do you it, remember from it most? The ten dollars I got paid every week. <laughs> but that, that, that ten dollars was yours, or was that a contribution yeah, to the family? Or no, I mean they got paid, and they paid each kid. Ah, I see. You know, for working after school and on the weekends. You remember how much a gallon of gas was back then? I know you weren't driving. Oh, here, 19 young. cents. Wow. I, when I when I got to be driving, I remember it being 19 cents a gallon. I was. I had penny loafers. I was in high school, and I put dimes instead of pennies, so in case we needed gas, I could put a gallon in. That's so cool. Wow, how many, <laughs> yeah, those were the days, right? Well, the 60s were amazing. You know, there was, an ama it was an amazing time to grow up. Oh, wow. With, you know, with, I mean, with all the assassinations and the riots and mm -hmm. the... You know, the Vietnam War was going on, and we um, we walked, you know, against the war. Awesome. We you were protested. an activist? You were an activist? We, I helped start the New Times. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you have the New Times up there? Uh, I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah. It was started in 1969. Um, it's as a you know uh, alternative paper because of the death of the children at Kent State oh. who were protesting the Vietnam War. Do you remember that happening? I don't. I'm 50 years old, and that's just a one step out of one my step, way. Yeah, yeah. But um, you're welcome the, to tell me about it. The National Guard came in because I can save the children. I call them children because to me they are now. Um, and they were out protesting the Vietnam War and they wouldn't stop. And so the National Guard shot four of them. Oh my God, really? And killed them, yeah. And um, so the editor of the paper, the owner and editor of the paper decided it's time to let's get something we got to do something we have to stop this wow and that's how the new time started yeah really well now the... it's a multi-million dollar organization it sure is what was the first issue of the new time like what was that like putting that out i don't remember okay. i'm sure it was just i call it a rag okay. it was probably like one page uh you know, and until we got a lot of advertisers, and and um, I really didn't do much but be in, in the vicinity. You know, I was not one of the in, initial owners, mm -hmm. but um, other people that I was living with were. Mm -hmm. But you were helping. And it was, I was, I was more, I might edit something now and again, but um, I think I was only 19. Cool. Wow. And, well, um, what was it like to be a teenager in the 60s? We were crazy. How so? Well, we were smoking pot and drinking beer and, you know, everyone was smoking and doing uh, hallucinogens and um, it, was, it was quite prevalent. Wow. And you were in the middle of it? I was at ASU. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Going so you were at ASU. Were you doing that stuff with them, or were you against it? How did you feel about it? Well, I was smoking and um, drinking beer, mm -hmm. and um, I tried a hallucinogen one time, mm -hmm. and it did absolutely nothing for me. So I couldn't figure out why anybody was taking it. Really? So, yeah, it was 
but it was just, you know, a strange time. It was really, everyone was angry because of the war and people getting drafted and, you know, um, I ended up going to another college after that and my boyfriend was going to school there as well and he got drafted oh. out, of, out of school. Wow. Um, get to go to the Vietnam War and, and luckily he came home but yeah. you know you never he was nobody was ever the same I worked in the methadone clinic and and um, I was a counselor for methadone maintenance um, clients mm -hmm. and uh, there were um, a modicum of Vietnam vets and they were heroin addicts and they became heroin addicts in Vietnam Really? And this is probably in 80s. In the 80s? So, yeah. Oh my gosh. And so they've been late 70s, late 70s, early 80s. Okay. And um, they would come get on methadone and, um, and I was their counselor and watched them pee in a bottle to check the drugs to make sure they weren't taking anything but methadone. What happened if they were? Well, they got their, uh, they had what, what we called, um, well, they had like, uh, I can't think of the right word, it was like having, you earned the, like, uh, had taking a take-home. Mm -hmm. So you might, instead of having to come every day for your methadone, you might come in on Monday and take out three bottles and then come in Friday and take out enough of that day and the weekend. And so we would take away their privileges. Oh, I see. This is the word I was trying to think of. Okay. And, and um, if they had a dirty urine and if they were on parole, you had to report it to their parole officer <laughs> and um, because they signed a release for you to do so, they had to do it to get in the program. Mm -hmm. And um, so one time I had to report this girl and he sent her back to prison and boy, when she left, she says, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you. Oh, great. <laughs> when I get out. <laughs> oh, boy. And I was really, it was uh, quite upsetting, you know, to have someone tell you that. Yeah, it's and, threatening. And threatening. It's very threatening, and it was. And it was, these were difficult jobs. They were. They were difficult jobs, working with ex-offenders and substance abusers, and it was. We were. We were crazy. We had to be. So. I mean, and my thing was to just. You know, I never got hurt because I just agreed, and then I said, "Well, how do you make? How does that make you feel?" You know, so. Mm -hmm. And the other thing, my big thing was that I was a director of social services. So I helped them get jobs and I helped them get trainings. I had a contract with a CETA program with, mm -hmm. for four training slots and, and um, I helped them get into work experience programs and um, on the job trainings at different, I, I went out what I would call in the field and I found these employers that were ex-offenders and owned their own companies. Awesome. And I would find, I would go to the state and there was a thing where you got a tax break if you hired a certain type of person yeah. and the ex-offenders fell into that category. Mm-hmm. So I would go and preach this to the state, you know, the employment office of the state, and then I'd look at, we would have microfish instead of a computer, we had microfish, mm -hmm. which is like looking at a film. Mm -hmm. I've used it, believe it or not. Have you? <laughs> in college, in college, in college had, yeah. Oh, wow. In the 90s up in Northern California, yeah. Well, we were totally without cell phones. We were out with, without computers. We did we did everything by the the skin of our teeth, by the yeah. you know 
I mean, we couldn't call somebody when we were in trouble. And I mean, I went to this one, I had a job appointment for this one young man and I went into the projects and knocked on his door and this girl opens the door and she's got a gun in her hand. Wow. And I, I backed up and I said, I'm just here for so-and-so so I can have a job interview for him to go to. <laughs> so she drops the guy, she drops the gun in the chair Mm-hmm. which, you know, that could have gone off, that scared me. But anyway, I gave her the information, and instead of going back to work, I went home and I called work, and I said, I just had a gun pulled by me, and I'm not coming back to work. <laughs> so, that was the last the, day at that job, or did you go back after that? Oh, yeah. I love that job. Okay. I loved uh, all of my jobs. I love the clients. There's one thing I gotta know. How did you get from the New Times to working with people in that capacity? Like, what led I, you to that I, place that you found your calling? I was going to um, Grand Canyon College, which is now Grand Canyon University, on a music scholarship. Oh, really? And yes, I sing. Oh. And, um, and one of the ladies that was the girlfriend of one of the teachers asked me if I needed a job for, you know, coming up after the summer because I had a summer job teaching swimming lessons at one of the Phoenix schools. And um, so I told her yes because she told me to go to this place, at this the Phoenix Urban League. So I go to the Phoenix Urban League and they hired me. And I got started with you know, the helping hands, helping people get trainings and, mm-hmm. you know, go, going, they, you had to fit under a certain income to get into the program. So for cool. low, it was for low income, it was called CETA, Comprehensive Employment and Training Act. Awesome. And um, so we help people get a training or just some of them get a job right away, but they just needed someone to refer them or someone to help them get it, you know, to yeah. tell them where it was. And so we did a lot of uh, job development and placement, and um, we got food, bought St. Mary's Food Bank had just opened up for the first time, and now it's all over the country. Uh, and St. Mary's Food Bank was the original St. Mary's here in Phoenix, yeah. and and it opened up about '72 or '73, and we started getting people food banks, food boxes, and I had two or three places where I could go and get food boxes, and and they wouldn't check with each other, and so I didn't feel bad about it, you know, because I wanted mm-hmm. to get, you know, too many, and then I, of course I had the connection with the Baptist, so I went down to the Baptist <laughs> food bank all the time, awesome. and got. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Totally. It was a lot of it was it was a lot of fun. You know, it was really frustrating. People say, "What is your success rate?" And I said, "Well, you know, it depends on how you measure success." Yeah, somebody you ate know, today. I consider it, it a success. One person ate today. That's enough. One one so. person got on the bus today that has never gotten on the bus before and was scared yeah. to death. Yeah, you know, that's my success. Very cool. And, um, go ahead. No, no, I just wanted to make sure I'm on the right track here. So, in your life, you've been called to service. Do you feel like, uh, it seems like you're a, a person that is of service to humanity? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that God called me to do this. I have no doubt. Perfect. And, um, and, um, now that I'm retired, I, I volunteered for a while after I retired and I worked for this man that was 95 years old and he was a World War II vet. He was a bomber pilot. Wow. And, and we had such, we, he was a little guy because you had to be little to fit in these little cockpits. Yeah. And, um, but we went swimming every day. I loved it. We went swimming every day and then we'd get dressed and I'd take him to the VFW. And we, he'd have his couple beers, and I'd have my water and lemon, and right. and uh, we'd have, and we talk, we'd talk about everything, you know. I, he'd tell me the same same stories over and over, and I just, 
I love the story. So I say, tell me about the hot dogs. Or yeah. tell me about the time you got, you had to bail out over hungry, you know. Yeah. Or, wow. You know. So I, I really enjoyed him. And I that lasted for two years. And then he got put into um, a memory home, if, you know, which is yeah. now called, an, it was a nursing home, but it was a nice one. So, um, and then now I just goof off and I help my neighbors like this weekend and last weekend my neighbors went out of town and I said, I speak over, I have keys to their house, I go over and feed their cat and check their mail and bring their garbage cans in and, and, you know, I do whatever I can to help the homeless when I see them and just, you know, if I have a dollar, it's theirs. Yeah. And, you know, I just do the best I can to try to help people get a foot, an inch forward. Mm -hmm. So, tell me this, uh, you have an interesting perspective. May I ask your age? I'm 72. And in those years that you've lived, you've seen a lot of changes, right? I I've mean, seen a lot of changes. What stands phone, out the most? This phone. <laughs> oh, the phone is the big change. <laughs> the, phone, the phone just befuddles me. <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You know, I can't figure it out for anything. Mm, sort of My thing. next door neighbors are like late forties or, or fifty, and they are so technically inclined. And I just I, I go over there and I act really pitiful and old. Oh, perfect, <laughs> perfect. That's the way you gotta do it. Say, can you come? Can you help me with this, please? And they mm -hmm. they're, they're just so happy to come and help me. And they they told me that I was. Um, uh, what do you call it? I, that I'm a, a goal for them. Perfect. That's funny. I'm sort of a role model is what the word I'm saying is. So, and one of the other neighbors calls me queen of the complex. Oh, <laughs> I love it. That's <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good. So, you, you have good neighbors, at least, and people yeah, around you that you yeah. feel. You can count I on. do. I feel I can count on them, and and if I need anything, you know, I never, I, I rarely ever need anything, and and but they're there if I do. Mm -hmm. And nice. I'm there, and I'm there if they need me to feed their cat for the weekend or whatever, you know. So what about family? Where's your family? My family, I have a, uh, a sister in uh, Colorado, a sister in the Four Corners area in New Mexico, and I have a brother that lives between Florida and Missouri. That's and, awesome. Uh, and um, my dad just died last year. He oh. was 99. I'm sorry. Well, he was 99. That's a long time. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long time, I'm telling yeah. you. It's uh. a long time. And it just was, the, the two years before his, he died were really difficult for the, my sister came down to take care of him, and it just, made her really sick and um, physically ill be because he called her two or three times in the night to get up. He had a buzzer set up. My sister had a buzzer set up. It was a real tough time for her. And um, But she's, she's back. She's back home and she's doing real well. So. And my mother died. My mother died in 06. And my dad remarried. So... Yeah, he was a Southern Baptist minister. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, being a minister, that's uh, quite a calling. It is. It is. And so you grew up, of course, with Christian values and the Bible and, you know, strong morals and, and things and like that. Had, and, and until I hit 17. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all went to, to pot. You know, the funny Literally. one. Literally. You know, I, 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 I gotta, I gotta share a little bit of my own story with you now, because uh, you, you made me think of a couple of things that I really wanted to tell you, and then I want to get back to some of the changes that you've seen in society. I think that's one of the things, and what you might, you know, we'll get to this in a minute, but what you might tell people today who don't know the difference between the good old days like we do and, and the crap that's going on, right? So uh, you said it's going, you know. When you turned 17, you went to pot. Well, 
It was. <laughs> I said literally. <laughs> yeah. I, I got to be honest. It was just the opposite for me. I, I had uh, actually, I was a special education child, um, and I had special needs and behavioral disorders, and I was a spastic little guy. Boy, I'll tell you what. Like I had a lot of energy, and I caused plenty of trouble wherever I went. Um, but my heart was good, but I was a bad behaved little boy. So anyway, well, you were probably ADD or something like that. Oh, something like that, indeed. Yeah, with yeah. all all capital letters. That's right. And they yeah. had me, they had me on Ritalin when I was a baby. They it's said, adult, yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's or or see, you know, it's, um, it's a it's a attention disorder. Exactly, and uh, yes. it's a long story, but I. I have a picture somewhere of me sitting in a high chair drinking coffee. <laughs> and, oh my uh, gosh, just what you needed. Yeah, when I was when I was born in 1971, they didn't understand why I was so energetic and um, believe it or not. And then I'll get back to the story. They wanted to institutionalize me, and uh, so I found out that they wanted to put me in an institution because I was moving too fast and. I wouldn't stop, you know, I wouldn't go to sleep or I was acting weird to them. They didn't understand, you know, and that was before, I guess, all the research and whatnot. And then they finally figured out, like, oh, feed him caffeine. And so my oh mom, my gosh. My mom yeah. fought for me. Thank God she fought for me back then. But um, anyway, so uh, when I turned 17, I was actually well into my marijuana smoking career and um, oh okay <laughs> yeah it, it started when i was 11. i had taken ritalin until i was 11 and then one day the high school kids came and they're like hey we want your pills and i'm like what do you mean you want my pills and i didn't really understand yeah ritalin yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i didn't know nice street drug yeah and so i started yeah. trading trading my pills for grass and uh, it was the greatest thing that ever happened Grass, to you. I was going to say, and, you, and the best thing that ever happened to you. It was. It, it actually yeah. slowed me down and made it so I started thinking, and I was becoming aware of my behavior in a way that I'd never known. And uh, so I stuck with it, you know. And so by the time I was 17, I had started getting interested in the Bible. I'd always gone to church with my grandparents and whatnot. And, blah 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 but I was young and stupid so I didn't know any better but in um, my teenage years I became really interested in reading the Bible so I would go down to the beach and smoke a joint and read the Bible and that's how I got into my Christian faith really deep <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that because I came back to the church and I came back to Jesus and gave myself to him again and oh yeah and and so you know I just I'm I'm just you know, I, I try to follow on Jesus' path of grace. Mm -hmm. I fall off a lot, but he hauls me back up. Yeah. Well, sometimes, and, um, sometimes people I mean, I just, you were sinners. We're all just, we're all sinners. Yeah. yeah and, we we come, and we come short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, that's why Jesus came to die and save us. So that we, Absolutely. you know, so that we can ask forgiveness for our mm -hmm. sins and be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Because I, I ask for you, I just say, please, Jesus, help me not sin today. Yeah. <laughs> I wake up. <laughs> yeah. And I think Because I know I'm going to. Lots of reminders and things, you know, about that. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm sure. reading, I'm reading the Old Testament again, mm -hmm. and I'm in First Samuel right now, and it's all about war and cutting people's heads off and their foreskins mm -hmm. off, and it's really gross and wow. terrible. Yeah. It's really bad it's when um david kills the goliath and and saul is the king and david is going to be the next king and the uh, origin of the like jesus is from the house of david mm -hmm. and that's that's who this is this boy that killed goliath mm -hmm. do you think the old testament is better than the new testament in terms of justice oh no it just I am I am literally I'm not forcing myself but I am conditioning myself or making myself making a demand on myself that I read it and through this time and not keep going back to the New Testament I've read the New Testament five times in the last three years 
Wow. Because and that's it's very short, mm-hmm. really, and um, because I keep leaving the Old Testament because it's so horrible for me to read it. <laughs> See, that's funny. For me, it's Revelation. It's, it's, I don't want to read the book of Revelations. That's the one book of the Bible that I really don't have any interest I, in at all. It's yeah, it's it's um, an amazing book. You know, yeah. John wrote. John was the last disciple that was still alive, and he's the one that um, wrote um, wrote the Revelations. Mm-hmm. It's just scary, and everybody hops on that bandwagon. We're in the end times, and they try to make money off of you for it, and. All this jive, you know, it's ah, it's a mess. Well, I just, it is a mess, and I, I think, you know, our economy is a mess right now. Yeah. Having to pay, you know, $4.50 for a gallon of gas is really hard on people such as myself who live on Social Security. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, if I was able to pay for my condo before I quit working, so I don't have a house payment or a, or a rent. And the rent has gone from, I mean, I was looking for a friend and a one bedroom apartment is $1,500. Yeah, and just, that same apartment just, was 600 a few years ago. Yeah, and and just roaches everywhere. And, you know, I, I, yeah, I found, I read the reviews of some of them and there were some in South Phoenix that were a little cheaper than that, but it was um, they weren't really well kept. So the rent is, the gas, the rent is just, you know, I just, I'm so grateful that I have this social security that I worked, you know, and I worked for it. Yeah. I, I put it in, I put the money in, I'm just really grateful that I don't have to work, that I'm, I can just goof off. Hey, uh, and, me, and do whatever I feel like doing, you know. Let me ask you something. Do you think that you're the last generation that will get Social Security, or do you think it will survive? I don't know. It depends on who's in office. Mm. Does it and, not? Yeah, but we can't go there. No politics. That's the only rule of the okay. show. <laughs> okay, well, I just, you asked me the question. No, 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 you're and, absolutely right. You're absolutely yeah, right. It um, does make a big difference about that. I guess I should have yeah. saw that coming. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, that I, might... I think I, I'll be happy if it lasts till I die. Okay. Okay, because I worry about it sometimes. I hope not to have to depend on it, but... You know, in my lifetime, I might not see it. It's hard to say, you know. I tell the younger people to be sure and save their money. Yeah, and that's And thank exactly you for right. paying, in their, paying into their Social Security, because mm-hmm. that's what I'm living. I'm living on what you guys are paying in. Yeah, and what do you think about the... Um, this is not political, but um, what do you think about all the migrants coming over and uh, hopping on the system and... All that, do you think that that'll put strain on those kind of things? I a believe... Of, a lot of new people. I believe that there should be an entrance where people come through legally mm-hmm. and get a green card and come through here with the knowledge that we know they're coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is not denying people their rights to come into this country. It's just giving us a, an opportunity to prepare ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, financially and in every way. And they, I think, a lot, and a lot of them die, and that's mm-hmm. it's, it's the way they come over with. Um, with uh, coyotes. That's exactly where I was and, going with this. And, yeah. and, 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 you know, you, then, then they work for nothing. And it's um, the guy that is my handyman is from Guatemala, and he's working on getting his citizenship, but he walked over the border. I know. With all his buddies, and he, and he hired all his buddies once he got his business going as a handyman. Wow. But he's, he's a good... Just, He's a good citizen, though, right? He's not a citizen yet. Oh no, no, no! I mean, he's a good member of society. He's not a criminal yes. or anything. Yes, okay. he's a good, he's a good member. He's a great member of society. He's one of my friends. Yeah. He's about 
he's 30, 32, something like that. And we just bonded. He's a really good, we're friends. And he, you know, he says, Valerie, you're just one of you, my special client. I'll do whatever. He does free stuff for me. Aww. You know, yeah. That's so, so sweet. well, yeah. I, I, when I, when I take care of these guys' cat, they bring me flowers and all kinds of stuff. So. That's so nice, right? You, yeah, you it is. But I, I get, I get, I, I'm really spoiled. You're not baking cookies for everybody. They're bringing them oh. to you. Yeah, uh -huh. they're bringing them. They're bringing them to me. Nice. That's really nice. You must yeah. have good, You must have good karma. <laughs> I do. I do. It's Jesus. It helps me. Absolutely. And um, you know. by the way, the migrant thing. I was asking uh, partially because you know it's kind of like having people over at your house, you know, and <clears throat> if you imagine a house with four people in it and twenty more people show up. Uh, what are you going to do, you know, and it creates uh, this is, conundrums, yeah. that's all. I, this is what I'm saying, it, it should be on, a, you remember Ellis Island, you remember reading about Ellis Island, mm -hmm. people came over in the ships and they went through Ellis Island one person at a time in a line, and they signed up and they did, you know, we knew they were coming in and it was, yeah. it was some kind of, I, I, I hate the word control. It was some kind of levy of, of a type on it, you know, so that it, so that they they knew where they were going. They had family here. They had, or are they just whatever they got? You know, we we don't we we need a we need a gate, an opening mm -hmm. where and where they can go through this type of thing that they did, you know, in my mind when they had Ellis Island. You know where you can register as, mm -hmm. as someone that's coming in from another country so yeah that, you know what i mean like it used to be like that and that's kind of what i was wondering is you know i mean i don't i think people should be allowed into the, to to come into the united states i think that totally the statue the statue of liberty you know that give me your poor your hungry your you know yearning to be free yeah and and there's there's room for a lot more people here. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. do it the right way. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and when you come over, don't bring a bag of uh, heroin with you, a bag of crack. Exactly, and that was you the know, other part of it. The, the human trafficking side of it is the human trafficking is just it's just really it's so expensive for the poor people that you know the families and they keep their families um, under watch. If they don't, if their family member doesn't pay, you know, they have mm -hmm. they, they threaten their family members. That's right. And um, I just, it's, it's, there's a way to do things, and there's a way to do things so that people are happy with it. Mm-hmm. I think and the people can... that live on the border are really having a real hard time. Mm-hmm. Because these people are coming onto their property and they're camping there. And they're, you know, they're trying to get, they're, they're trailing across their property and leaving garbage. And it's, yeah. I think that the people that live on the, on the border have a really difficult, they have ranches there or their homes there. And it's, I think it, 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 it makes a real, a real hardship for them. Mm -hmm. I've, heard, I've heard that parts of the area down by the border are like, uh, they call them no-go zones. Like on the Arizona side, there's places where cartels control like an entire area on our side of the border. I, I haven't heard that, and that just doesn't surprise me a bit. Mm -mm. Kind of freaks me out a little bit, but I, I hope at some point, you know, we'll take control and get things back to normal. Because like the fentanyl crisis, I mean, you t we talk about grass oh. and acid. That's nothing. No. No, fentanyl. Fentanyl, the one I is the one I didn't mention. Oh boy, what is yeah. your experience with that? Well, I just know I didn't have we didn't have fentanyl when I was working, and um, but I had a neighbor that got onto it, and then they started selling it, and they all got evicted because really? I made sure that because I made sure they did. Good, good, fair enough. Yeah, nothing wrong. With I that. went to the and the owners ended up were so mad with me, and they sold their property. I was so glad to get rid of them too. Really? The owners, yep. They One were guy mad. Told me, he was mad at me. They were mad at me. 
lost it because they had to take care of it. One girl, oh, they had, one girl, one girl they, had to, they had to go to court to get her out. Oh, wow. That's it was a, a real, tr yeah, and then he sold it immediately. Hmm. Yeah, I think they call those slumlords. I, I think that's exactly what it is. He was a slumlord, and, and the, he would rent to anybody that had the cash right up front. Yeah. He didn't. Yep. He didn't run. He didn't run a, a background check on anybody. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think that I should. If you have a piece of property, you're going to rent to somebody. You do a background check, and you know, what does it cost? Like two hundred dollars. I'm not sure exactly what it costs. Oh, less than um, that. Well, I, I, I was thinking. That. I was thinking fifty. You can do it online for like five, ten bucks. Believe it or not. Well then. You know, I don't even have a computer. <laughs> I'm so technically challenged. Oh, you can do it on your phone if you wanted to. Oh, man, don't talk about this phone to me. <laughs> hey, uh... I wish... No, go ahead, what? I wish I had my dial one back. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, the rotary dial phones are really Yeah, cool. and I hardly... I, I don't want to be called when I'm driving. I mean, I'm not going to answer the phone when I'm driving or when I'm in the store. You know, so to me, it's just a thing to have. I leave it at home half the time. Mm hmm So let me ask you this. Let's get back to a couple of... Or uh, just one little area, and then we'll end on a high note here. Um, excellent. We, this is perfect. Really, thank you so much for what you shared so far. And, um, amazing. But I'm, I'm really curious from your wisdom and your point of view as an older person. Like, what would you say to today's young people and people who just don't understand what's going on with the world? How do they deal with all these strange challenges and? weird things going on like what would you what would you say having lived in normal times when things were calm and peaceful let's say and people got along and had a good time and now we've got people killing each other in the streets and the cities and things like that i mean how do you in the schools and the schools oh, even worse As, even worse you know so in the in the concerts unbelievable and, yeah it's just and then we're, we're talking about guns. Yeah. You know, yeah people huh? having guns. And, and, you know, I've been asked by people that are NRA supporters, um, how, why do I think that I should take the right to have the gun? So I don't want to take your right to have a gun. I want some kind of control on it. I can go right down on Buckeye Road right now and get a gun. That's right. Yeah. I, right. I can go to, I can go, I can stop by Walmart get enough cash, get a couple hundred dollars in cash, go down on Buckeye Road, and, you know, white girl down on Buckeye Road, I've been that many times, and uh, and buy a gun. Do you mean on the street or like at a gun shop? No, on the street. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, can okay. just, I can just uh, tell somebody to tell them, hey, man, I'm looking for a gun. Do you want me to be selling them? Oh Jesus! I shouldn't say this, but you're you could, a pretty you, you're you're a pretty hip old lady. <laughs> Seventy-two is not old. Well, no, I just is not old. I don't mean it like that. I just mean like you're pretty hip for for an older person. I would say. Um, I think yeah. for any person. Yeah, that'll work. That, that works even better. Most people yeah. associate age with something that it isn't, and. You know, I guess we all forget, you know, but we're we're the same people, but we're just getting older. And my body's just sagging some, you know. Right. The gravity, the gravity is pulling me down. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, if only they had a solution for that. <laughs> no, I go to the moon. I don't know <laughs> where there's no gravity, but um, yeah, it's just um, I'm the same person I was. 25 years ago 30 years ago in my sure. mind you know and i don't think of myself as an old person i i haul everybody's garbage out haul it back in it just, right on uh, two years ago i had to get over my six foot fence and i got the garbage can out there and i climbed up on it and i did a tuck and roll and fell over the fence ah, really oh my yeah i'd locked myself out of the house and i left the back screen open oh my gosh have you ever ridden a yeah. motorcycle yeah, on the back. Oh, on the really? back. Okay. Yeah. I had two boyfriends that had motorcycles and I loved riding on the back. I learned That's how to cool. lean. 
know, I learned yeah. how to lean the right way, and um, I've never driven one myself. <laughs> They're really funny. heavy. Yeah, they are. I'm I'm learning to do that right now. I have a really big motorcycle in the garage. I've been restoring and. I've been taking it out, riding it around the street here and like in the school parking lot. And oh man, it's super scary because it's new. But oh, if I can oh, get over it, it's a feeling of freedom. Yeah, I want to get out on the highway. Totally, I know. It's just the total feeling of you know the air is rushing, but you can see everything. You can see the houses. I mean, it's not like you're in a car and just everything is blocked from your sight. Mm -hmm. You know, you can see whatever you're going, going by. You can see the leaves on the trees. Absolutely. It's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. I loved riding on the back. Right on. That's cool. Well, I'm not safe enough to drive with anybody on the back. I'm not safe enough to make it down the mountain. I'm sure I'd be dead well before I ever made it to Black Canyon well, City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like Black Canyon City, too. That was, they used to have a, a racetrack there. Do you remember that? No, that just been... Oh, wow. It's really? been a long time. Uh, they did dog races. Oh, how cool. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And all my friends at the Urban League used to come up to Black Canyon City to bet on the dogs. That's cool. And they, and they have a place here where you get pie. They have a restaurant there that oh, is yeah. special food. You know that restaurant, uh, don't you? That's, that's what, something I'm familiar with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there a couple of times. It's amazing. Their food is fantastic. Yeah, I've eaten there a couple of times. Very cool, very cool. So. So last chance for a message to the people of today. What would you say, like, if you just closed your eyes and asked your heart, what would the message be to people that are in today's time, you know, that want to get, you know, through life happy and successful and, you know, what would you say to them? Be kind. Mm -hmm. Love your enemies. Yes. Be good to them that hate you. Yes. Pray for them that despitefully use you. Easier said than done. How do you do that? I just try to remember what Jesus would do. Okay. And and I've never in my life been able to hurt someone. Mm -hmm. I've done it, but not intentionally. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of proud of that too. And it's funny. I um, you mentioned something about. And I'm being really a I'm really a kind person. Yes, the pacifism. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always been the same way. I don't want to ever hurt anybody. Never wanted and to. And words, 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 you can, they can out, they can out talk me 10 to 1 when it comes to, to talking bad about some, about, about me. I just don't talk bad about people. That's right. Do you think it interrupts your uh, energy? Like when you do stuff like that, does it take... I, I think it's a sin. I think it's a, it's a sin against them. It's a sin against yourself. Mm -hmm. If that's what you call energy, you know, it's very bad energy. Yes, that's what I mean, exactly. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's oh. just, it, it's not worth it to me. I, I feel worse than the person with whom I'm arguing or have a disagreement i feel worse than they do and and it's just not worth it to me to do that to myself physically yeah and i walk away from it i walk away from it and Auto. and don't don't hurt each other love each other mm -hmm. absolutely it's it's hard for some people to do but i couldn't agree with you more uh it's part of what i hope to capture with the show is learning how to love people regardless of your differences, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes our differences are our strengths. And I, I've heard that slogan used before in different ways, but like, I really believe it. Like, I happen to really love people from other cultures. Like, they're my favorite. Oh, I do too. I do too. You know, they're so interesting. I, am the, the, I, I do too. I love people from other cultures. Yeah. I'm, I'm talking... I'm, talking to this guy from Jamaica, I'm talking to this guy from Nigeria. Wow. I'm learning I'm learning 
Watch out for the guy from Nigeria. I know. I've I've been talking to him for two years. He's never asked me for a thing. Okay, good. All right, good. Yeah. (laughs) He's only about, he's only about, I know their reputation and I've, I've Googled everything I possibly could about Nigeria, and I've talked to him about it many times. Awesome. Good, good, good. Just be safe. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, people from other cultures, I can speak a little, I can say peace and love in 18 languages. Wow. I can speak a little Navajo. I can speak more Spanish than that. I speak a little French. You know, just enough to get me by. That's awesome. Wow, and I learned how to, I learned, yeah, I, I, yo, I mean, this name means I love you. Mm, beautiful. That's a beautiful and, um, language. It's not written, so I had a really hard time learning that particular phrase. They finally wrote it out for me phonetically. Nice. Yeah, that's the only way to do that in Hawaiian, Polynesian. Very difficult language, unless you know it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I can say, um, I love you in Filipino and thank you and, and all the Slavic languages and all the Romance languages and wow. too. And, um, yeah, I just, I uh, learned them by talking. I say, what, how do you say that in your language? And then I just put it in my library in my head. Very good, very good. Good for you. I never really learned much about other languages and I wished I had, to be honest with you. It makes that person feel that you care enough about them to learn something about them. That's kind of the only reason why I would want to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you don't have a way to use it, there's no point in learning it. And unfortunately, when I was going to school, I didn't learn it because I was in private school, but I did have a lot of Spanish people around me that didn't speak English. and. You know, with a beer and some food in my hands, I could hang out with anyone. It didn't matter if we didn't know each other's languages. It was great, you know. It's like I used to interact with people and we'd learn and figure it out, you know, with like hand signals and different things, you know. It's Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's fun, you know, it's fun. When I, I first started that. when I first started working at the Urban League I couldn't understand the word anybody said. <laughs> and I and and then slowly I just I learned you know I mean I don't know what I all I agreed to that I had no idea what I was agreeing to. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, that's so funny. Like an Asian person that always says yes to everything. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh yes. no! Yeah, you better be careful. Like uh, in today's time, yeah, you might want to learn the word no. <laughs> I, I say what up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, you just reminded me of one last funny thing here. I just want to ask, have you seen the movie Airplane? No. you got to be kidding. Really? Do I, don't, wa- I, don't, I don't watch movies. Oh, it's so I, funny. I can't. I, I just don't have the uh, attention span. I see. Well, there's, there's a movie called Airplane that's been around for a long time. It came out in the 80s, I think, or late 70s. Who's in like it? Uh, Julie Haggerty. Um, uh, who's the white-haired guy? He's really funny. Um, Steve Martin. Not that funny white-haired guy. Another one. Um, gosh. Here, I can look it up really fast. Hold on. Let's see. Leslie Nielsen, of course. Hello. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hilarious. And then yeah. uh, Lloyd, Lloyd Bridges is the white-haired funny man. Lloyd Bridges. I didn't yeah. know he was funny. Oh, my you know, God. You have you no know, idea. He was, he was um, he, the star of Sea Hunt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a really good actor. You'll get a kick out of him in this movie. And also Robert Hayes is another one that stars. He's the pilot of the whole thing. But anyway... Uh, the funny episode, you just reminded me of a scene in the movie where there's these two black guys sitting in the, uh, you know, in the cabin and they're talking and one of them's sick and he's trying to explain to his buddy and nobody can understand them because they both speak jive and nothing else. And so this old lady comes up and she goes, excuse me, maybe I can help. I speak jive. <laughs> and this old lady like interacts with these two black guys in a way like you can't believe and She's like, oh, I ate a jive turkey. I need no help, no how. And you just have to see it. It's hilarious. It's so funny. I can do that. 
Yeah, yeah, you probably know what they were saying. <laughs> I did. I, I can do that. Yeah, I probably I knew what that. they were saying. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. What I you talking about? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, things have changed quite a bit, you know. But that's a good movie to see. I think you'd get a kick out of it. Airplane. I actually have a CD player now. I bought one for myself. Yeah, I have a lot of CDs. I play CDs all the time in my car. I just doing a Simon and Garfunkel right now. Oh, right on. That's Remember cool. Before that, I had Earth, Wind, and Fire. Awesome. And, and so I have an eclectic and Catholic taste in music. Yeah, yeah, me too. I like all of that stuff. I grew up with the really good music of the 70s and the 80s. I miss those times. So we're music's about to... no good anymore. No, no, no. We'll have to save that one for another time. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk for a long time about how terrible music has become. Yeah, yeah, no yep. question about it. As I was saying before in another episode, um, it's been difficult to get strangers, you know, on the phone because when I call them from my Google Voice number or Skype number, they all seem to think it's spam and nobody answers. So. Um, I'm trying out new ways to find people, and I really appreciate that we were able to cross paths today. Thank you. We met at Arizona, and I found you. You're a stranger. It counts, and I uh, finally, you know, I think I might have found my niche here to find people. <laughs> you might. You might I hope have. so. You know, and go, go for the older people. Yes, because they have They're more the to ones that, Oh, yeah, man. They know what's mm -hmm. going on, man. Exactly right. Exactly no. right. Hola, que tal? Mm-hmm. You speak enough Spanish? <laughs> I don't speak enough Spanish, no. Muy poquito. Uh, Don día, Yeah, yeah, I see. Lávese las manos. But this has okay. been great. You are amazing. I really appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Really. Oh, my pleasure. I told you it'd be a good time. Yeah, it is a good time. Thank you for tuning in to the Toddcast Show. If you found today's episode helpful and meaningful, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on what's next. Remember that the Toddcast Show is all about community and connection. So follow the podcast on your preferred social platform to keep updated on everything I have in store. Check out my website, ToddCastShow.com, to find out more and sign up. And be sure to tell your friends and family about the Toddcast Show so the podcast family can continue to grow and share on an international level. Thank you for tuning in. See you over on the next episode. Hi, I'm Todd Murat, host of the Toddcast Show, and I want to share something personal with you today. Throughout my own life, I've struggled with issues I didn't even realize I had. Things like depression, past trauma, PTSD, and feeling disconnected from the people I loved the most. It took me hitting rock bottom to realize I couldn't fix myself alone. I needed help to unravel the tangled knots within my life, find myself again, and become stronger in the areas I was weakest. It wasn't an overnight transformation, but with time, I learned to change my thinking, my attitudes, and my entire paradigm for the better. I learned that it's good to ask for help, and that's why I want to tell you about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of the Toddcast Show. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and the best part, it's 100% online. You can participate from anywhere, anytime that works for you. It's simple to get started. 
Simply answer a few questions about your specific needs and personal preferences in therapy, and BetterHelp will match you with the perfect therapist from their network. It's really that easy. You can message your therapist anytime you need support and schedule a live session when it's convenient for you. BetterHelp is committed to ensuring that you find the perfect match to guide you along your journey to well-being. As someone who went through therapy and came out way ahead of where I started, I want to invite you to take this step to a healthier, happier you today. My life was transformed through therapy, and yours can be too. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you'd expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is hand-picked for you, all at a shockingly affordable price. And as a special offer for our listeners, you'll get 10% off your first month by using the special link, betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Toddcast. You don't have to face life's challenges alone. BetterHelp is here to support you through the big and small issues of your life in a way that can really make a huge difference, both short and long term. Take the first step towards a healthier, happier you. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Toddcast to get started today.